Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Yes, just like that dude just said, it is Project Down and Dirty Week here at My Talk 1071. All leading up to Friday night at 7 o'clock where you will get to watch and see our little radio play we're doing this week called War of the Worlds. And we're doing that all to raise money for some frontline COVID relief charities like Little Brothers Friends of the Elderly, Alina Health Caring for the Caregivers, Every Meal, and of course on this particular show, we are raising money for Springboard for the Arts to help out artists who are having time having a hard time pulling in money during this time of the year because of the pandemic. And they're not accepting applications till November 16th. Right. But you can go if you're but, to the Springboard for the Arts. Whatever. Yes. We're just trying to get the We're money just, raised so they got more money to In the emergency relief the fund. Yeah. And and today, um, thankfully, Aquarius Home Services has been generous enough to do a match up to fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So every time you donate whatever it is, it think of it as being doubled. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome. You know, twenty five dollars is fifty dollars, fifty dollars is a hundred dollars, a hundred is two. Here's what uh here's what old smarty pants uh Jason who uh how's he how he's raising money. Elderly friends of the yes. neighbors or whatever yes. their thing yes. is called. It's little brothers, <laughs> okay. little brothers, friends of the elderly. But he he's having people donate money in the name of their own grandparents. Oh, well, here's a way to do it. Donate money in the name of a, f- a favorite play, a favorite song by a local uh, musician, a favorite local musician. A favorite, a favorite piece of art. A favorite if you piece could of own art. a piece of art, if right. you had all the money in the world, something the that's you moved would buy. you in the art world. Right. There, I just had to say it out loud because I, I heard them this morning. They're so, yes. I heard them this morning, and they're reading, and this is in honor of my, you know, and it was all this real awe stuff, and I thought, he's so good at pulling the heart I know strings. he is. Why we just, that is not, what is our real house? <laughs> if you know what, Julia, we are the Jills of everything. Okay, because I don't know. We, I don't know what we are. We let's really, see if you're any good at let's, trivia. Let's okay, play our game. That's Today we're going to play uh, Pop Culture Jeopardy and we're going to keep it in the theme of classic radio dramas. We're oh. going to do trivia on shows that first got their start on radio. Okay, okay. Lori's going to kill me because we've already talked about because her Because Lori talked about listening Oh, for crying out loud. do you just like set. her more than me? Can you just say it and let her win? Oh. It's another Donnie um, all over. Julia, this is very movies. unattractive. I know. 
I think you'll be fine. I try. I to, know. I try to write these so that you know. I know you do, honey. We're teasing. Right, but go. you complain every because, single week, and and she also loses every single. week. I do, so Lori. She, so thank you, Wacko. She's onto something. So that justifies the complaining. Yes, it does. Uh, what would you say to your children if they made a habit of this every single week? Never when complain. Came, uh, that's right. Don't thank complain. You Who cares? All right. Okay. It's all for fun. So these are is all so I just stressed to, out that no one is donating money. I can't stand money. it. I can barely stand she's it. She's like, thinks she's taking it personally. I am. I do. It's Julia, terrible. Here's another thing. I feel bad. People are tapped out, too. I, I mean, know. we do have to recognize that, and I don't want anyone to feel guilty or pressure. No, don't. Don't. Also, Jason did take a bullhorn and specifically <laughs> call out rich communities. <laughs> I did Donka Beach, Edina, North Oaks, Sunfish Lake. That was kind of funny, Victoria. But we had the bullhorn, so see, he had the thing like I You're tried just, to do earlier. Other people are better at this. Yeah, I have really, really been out there today, dazzling with well, my the five people that donated. Are really, <laughs> I want to thank them again because thank you, Donna. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Let's right, get her. Let's, let's get her game. Okay. All right, we'll she's see delaying this- it. We'll see if this game and education lesson on classic radio programs will bring out the donations. Let's just see what happens. Okay, so question one. Before Clayton Moore and Jay Silverheels portrayed... The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger is right. That started on the radio in 1932. The year Lori was born. No. And it sounded a little something like this. Stranger, I don't know how to thank you for all the... Where's the mask man? But there, he's riding away. Well, I'll be doggone. Look at that white horse run. All right, so one. That was just a good guess. I had no idea when the Lone Ranger came out. You you were off by one year. One year. I love a good guess. That was good. I I wish someone would. Donate for that guess. Right. Only a year off. Lori, that was impressive. Give that girl $25. That was impressive. Yeah, thank you. Okay, number okay. two. Although the 1994 film was a bomb with Alec Baldwin as the title character. The Marrying Man. No, the, a wealthy playboy secretly operating as a vigilante who terrorizes the city's underworld. This show featuring character Lamont Cranston was one of the most popular Dark radio shadows. shows of all time. You're very close. Dark days. And the, the other word. Shadow. The shadow. The shadow. The shadow. Oh, I thought that was your one. It Thank was. I know you did talk about when it. You, I, yeah. You Lamont Cranston. Maybe you were thinking. You think of the, the local musician. Band. I would, but the the shadow knows the as Orson Welles voiced it. Um. Yeah. And I just accidentally deleted deleted, it? deleted the one oh, I was no. going to play. Oh. Um. Okay. I guess I never realized Lamont Cranston was named after a character right. in the shadow. I didn't either. I thought it was like some dude, right? Some like I thought it was a great player. band name. I did too, but mm-hmm. it was named after the shadow. I'm having such a boing boing moment. If you're having a boing boing moment, I wish you would donate for that because that's like we're learning something about arts and culture oh. right there. Now let's just have a little theater of the okay, mind here. Wait a we're second. Pretend- wait a second. Go we ahead. got a dedication. Okay. okay. We got a long distance dedication. See? All right. Amanda. Good. Um, dedicated to win, Julia, win. Oh, Amanda, thank <laughs> you right, for thinking of my psyche. Well, All Julia's, right. uh, you're up 
it's one one, right? Yeah, it's one one. Um, let's put on. So Lamont Cranston yes. was the shadow. Yeah. That was his character's name. He was yeah. He was the wealthy playboy. He was kind of like a Batman thing. Yeah. He was Lamont Cranston by day and the shadow at night. Oh. And let's let's just pretend we're a young Lori Bargini or what was your name, whatever back then, Bartlett in Okinawa or wherever you are, Japan. Japan. <laughs> Listening to the shadow. What evil lurks in the heart of mankind? <laughs> the shadow knows. And that's Orson Welles. Okay, that's scary. Is doing the voice right? of the shadow. Did you hear that? Yes. And, and I mean, I, that I can would see scare where your mom wouldn't want you to listen to that. All right, go on to the next one. Okay, the next one. Uh, 1948 marked the debut of the female-fronted radio comedy, My Favorite Husband. Oh. Three years before it morphed into a television series starring William Frawley, Vivian Vance. I love Lucy. Lucy. Oh, yes. That was tie. kind of a tie, right? It was a tie. I got it. It was, was a tie. So no, ahead of you. No, nope, it was a tie. All right. Um, so, yeah, before it was I Love Lucy, it was called My Favorite Husband, and it sounded a little something like this. They're talking about a sundress. No, this is that latest style. Doesn't it look like I've been poured into it? It certainly does. I only hope you don't spill over. <laughs> you like it, Katie? Do you think I'll make an impression in this? Impression? You'll make a dent. <laughs> without any stress. It's held up by faith, hope, and don't exhale any more than you have to. <laughs> they razz each other like we razz yeah, each other. I never knew I Love Lucy was anything else. Yeah, no, First. you do. That's, okay. why we, that's why we do this segment. Thank you, okay. Rocco. Thank you. Uh, in, uh, in 1987, it was a film starring Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. Whose brother? No, no. Before that, oh, oh, yeah. it was a television show starring Harry Morgan and Jack Webb. But this Los Angeles, ooh, that was Julia, right? Yep. Dragnet. This Lori, Los Angeles cop show. Do you got want a half point? We said Just it at let the me same time. All right, we'll let Julia. It was me. All right. Here's a clip from Dragnet's radio. It was Tuesday, March 25th. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the night Somebody watch out of homicide. Detectives in Los Angeles work in pairs. My partner's Ben Romero. He's a sergeant, so am I. My name's Friday. The boss is Ed Backstrand, chief of detectives. I was on the way back from the record bureau, and it was 13 minutes past 11 when I got to room 42. Homicide. That's a hot shot. Somebody grab it. I got it, Ed. There you go. That's That's pretty good. I mean, you can see, if you just suspend your mind, how those steps were... I'm so excited to hear what our finished project is going to be. It's going to be good. All right. Okay, it's three to two. I might add... No, it's two and a half to one and a half. Okay. Uh, number five, before Henry Cavill yeah. played him in the movie. Superman. Oh, yeah. Superman. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane. More powerful than a locomotive. Impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Is that how my wind tunnel thing sounded today when I was doing it? It did sound pretty good. I can't wait to hear that stuff. The the, the wind and the alien stuff and You're the You're going to have to wait. I'm winning right now. A, in oh, case right, people are wanting, winning. We'll through this. Winning. Right. Wondering. Number six, before James Arness played Sheriff Matt Dillon, 
And Amanda, a gun smoke. Oh, Lori, good one. Here's a little bit of gun smoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers of the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. (laughs) Of Everright batteries. I think you're right. He was so handsome. I always thought he was handsome. Yeah. Listen to that music like a sweeping western or something, you know, like you see that kind of that music. Every every western had that they sound. They kind of did, yeah. yeah. All right, I think it's, so we got one last chance for Julia here. No, well, I, it's two and a half it? to three and a half. I'm still I have to get it to tie. Here's the final question. Wait, so Julia's ahead? I'm She's ahead. ahead. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Here we go. 77, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> 77 years before it was an HBO show, this series. The Wire. This series about a criminal defense attorney. Perry Mason. Yeah. Oh, Laura, you got it. So we tied. Tied. Oh, it's tied. a tie. Perry Mason was a radio show, too. Yep. I uh, love that. Isn't that fun? It was, it was a radio <laughs> show, then it was a TV show, and then it was uh, a HBO show. So, Lori, we could go from radio to a movie to Who a knows? television. And I loved that last, uh, that Perry Mason. You did. Matthew Reese. I he never watched good. it. Yes. That was good. That was good. Did you watch it, record? I did. I enjoyed it. And that watching him made me go, oh, gosh, I got to watch The Americans. Oh. So now I'm knee deep in The Americans. Isn't that... An incredible show. Oh, it's so good. So good. It's one of the fa- best things I've ever watched. Yeah, so. I agree. Well, that's all I got. I don't Rocco, have a tiebreaker you, for Rocco, you. That's perfect. You I did kind of like it that we had a tie when this is going to boost Julia's um, self-esteem confidence. And then mm-hmm. maybe she won't know to self. Don't bitch about this game I'm next not going Wednesday. To. <laughs> because I'm surprisingly smarter than I think. <laughs> and look. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, Thanks, well, Rocco. We'll okay. be right back with the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hi, Holly. Hey, Julia. Hello. Hi, Lori. Hi, Rocco. Oh, it's Hello. time for a Dirt Alert here on our second day of Project Down and Dirty Classic Radio Drama. Well, we've got plenty of drama in the courtroom, and it's gross. We're going to get the it? nasty news out of the way that Ron Jeremy was oh. charged with a slew of new sex crimes today, according to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. So the former adult film star now faces seven additional sexual assault counts, including three counts of forcible rape, two counts of... Uh, I'm just going to just say it's a lot of stuff, okay? Yeah, okay? You know, yeah. if convicted, Ron Jeremy faces a possible maximum sentence of more than 330 years to life in state wow. prison. Wow. I am wow. looking at my time with Ron Jeremy on the little green bench in no. front of Dan Tana's. And then the other time at the Four Seasons that we hung out with him. And the other time up at the Rainbow Bar. Uh-huh. Oh, so you were hanging out with him. No, no, yeah, we were in the vicinity, but Lori actually, you sat on a bench bench with him in in front of Dan Tana's. Well, did you guys have a conversation or were you just both sitting there? We were having a conversation and the conversation was he was so recognizable to people and I was struck at um, his stature. No. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, well, he's a v- he's a very homely man. Beyond, and he's um, shorter than me. Yeah, he's he but you know, he was very nice to me, but you know, we we're out in public, but what people were saying to him. And mm-hmm. I just looked at him and he said I said, I would be so annoyed with always having to deal with everyone saying, hey, I've seen mm-hmm. your blah, blah, blah. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like weird. He, they, I don't know. Hollywood is Hollywood. That's just a weird place. And he's got a weird place in it. And I guess he got away with a lot of stuff. Being yeah. Ron Jeremy. Until he didn't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Ron Jeremy is scheduled to return to court on December 14th for a preliminary hearing uh, with all of these charges. Uh, he has been jailed since June when he was arrested wow. and is has pleaded not guilty to the new charges. So. All right. 330 years. That's a third of a millennia that he could face behind Mm -hmm. bars. That's how much he has allegedly done. Um, More celebrity justice news. Meghan Markle asking a judge to decide on her legal case against the mail on Sunday rather than having face a trial. So lawyers for Meghan are also asking for the trial date to be delayed. Her team uh, says that they got to do more work after the recent inclusion of the book Finding Freedom by the prosecution. Uh, Her legal team's going to court tomorrow in London to argue for a summary judgment rather other than a full trial that's due to start on January 11th. All right. See, I, I think because... That doesn't the, sound good to me. The, I'm just going to say. Because they get the, the Finding Freedom yeah. book comes in there. The, yeah. That victory on the publisher side has created more work for Megan's lawyer, and they don't think they can win the case. That's, that's what my, I think, too. 100%. That's my Hollywood royal speak on that. 100%, Lori. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, in case you missed it, Megan is suing the Mail on Sunday's Associated Newspaper for Invasion of Privacy. Privacy, infringement of data protection rights and copyright infringement. But you guys are so right. Because somewhere, somehow, somebody's got a thing where Megan did say, go ahead and talk to People magazine. And that's one of her yep. things is saying she didn't ever explicitly say that. So, mm-hmm. but because she did and it's going to come out. Right. Because if you're on trial, let us remember the other big British trial from this last year. Johnny Depp. Which we still haven't. Had a ruling on, but his lawyer for the defamation, the one that he filed in Washington, the judge threw Johnny Depp's lawyer off the case, which he might have done Johnny a favor. He's that kind of Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, that did the Rolling Stone interview with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw him off of Johnny Depp's case. So I don't know what is going on. All I know is Johnny Depp has spent a lot of money on legal bills. Yes, and. 2020 literally was the year of the turd, so we probably won't mer- we won't remember it because there's so many other memorable things right? about this year. In a regular year, in a regular year, <laughs> would have been devastating. But I don't know now. No, I you know there's something to that. Yeah, uh, let's go to the world of television. The CW is turning Nancy Drew into a <gasps> franchise. Oh. The network is developing a spinoff called Tom Swift. That's set to air as a backdoor pilot in 
Nancy Drew's second season, and it's based on the book series of the same name. Tom mm-hmm. Swift is going to follow the black gay billionaire inventor who is thrust into a world of sci-fi conspiracy after the disappearance of his father. Well, as long as the writers don't get you know sidetracked from Nancy Drew. This is always an issue. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to get sidetracked right now as we're raising money for Springboard for the Arts. I went, Roseanne gave a a donation and she dedicated it to all the live performances because I've missed the energy that stirs in me. Big sigh. And Anonymous gave us money. And also Alyssa gave us money dedicated to Denny Swanson, my high school theater teacher. Oh, see, look at See, we can do this, Jules. Yes, we will we'll read your long distance dedications. <laughs> dedicate, you know, a donation to someone that's moved you in the arts. Who would my- you dedicate to, Holly? Well, if we're talking about the arts, yeah. I was thinking about this today. So I did high school theater. Of course Gee, you did. She's Everybody another did. theater kid here. Everybody, Everybody but you two. Yeah, I know it. And Jason. Oh, so we had I, other things going on. <laughs> I did uh, lots of arts teachers in high school. So my theater teacher, her name is Beth Breeland. I had a wonderful band teacher, Jeff Gottwig. All of those people in the arts are so important, particularly at that age. And I have to say, you know, they they gave me a chance to perform in a way that nobody else had at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just thinking, really, Holly, so many of our Project Down and Dirty, the musical. They've been the rock and roll. All creative. Uh, the well, comedy. Uh, a lot of creative people involved in the production oh of that from technical all the way to actually creating, singing, dancing, whatever music. Well, you know, and if you look at mytalk1071.com and you look at some of the behind the scenes uh, photographs of what is actually happening behind the scenes. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The technicians, uh, the sound mixing, the Foley artists, the direction, yeah. the musical accompaniment. Those are all creative I know. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, you know? they're all so who- beyond talented. Aren't really working a lot right now. No, not at all. Right, right. Yeah, very so, little. Yeah, so it's really important. So go to mytalk1071.com. Uh, you can click right on the Project Down and Dirty uh, logo that's right on the front page. And then go to Lori and Julia and then click Donate. And your donation will go to Springboard for the Arts. And Julia is going to read I am. your long-distance dedication. I kind of love it. Yes. I love it. We're here for you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, for giving me the idea this morning (laughs) when I was driving from the gym at 7.05 and I realized you you cats were on to something and somehow I got to figure out how how to talk about it. You and did, I did. You did, a, Lori. Thanks, Holly. Lori's brilliant, <laughs> by the way. Did we tell you that? All right, thanks. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. Is this where I play uh, Orson Welles? Uh, Rocco, yes. We decided, I think, a couple weeks ago, we're like, we should have vintage scandal be why... Did the War of the Worlds radio broadcast become so infamous? Right. This and, is good. And we're doing the War of the Worlds mm. comedy, and it's 50 years since the original no, more War than of the that. Worlds. More than that. It's going to be like 70. 79 years to the But it's day some perfect number, like isn't it? I think it's 200 years. So when we do a Friday night. <laughs> it's 1,000 yeah. years. It was B.C. <laughs> God, I'm so um, It was oh, October 30th, like 1938. It's the same date. That we're doing. I knew there was something. October 30th. 2020 (laughs) minus 1938 is. Is this. uh, Math? 
This is not I'm going with 82. We're right. not that's not the vintage scandal. The vintage scandal Is that we still have a job? No, the vintage <laughs> scandal is that War of the Worlds was a completely magnificent fluke of epic proportions that was blown out of proportion um and and it forever changed pop culture history in that it changed radio it changed it had all these impacts and it was completely a fluke let's listen to just a little bit of the uh because it basically on halloween morning 1938 orson wells woke up to find himself the most talked about man in america and like three days later in the world Wow. In 1938, when news didn't travel fast. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is uh, early on in the uh, broadcast. broadcast. Okay. Gentlemen, the director of the Mercury Theater and star of these broadcasts, Orson Welles. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's and yet as mortal as his own. We know now that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so here's the deal. I know that's because that's all you need yeah, to get right. to. Here's the deal. By the end of October 1938, Orson Welles, he was this prolific radio director of dramas. He starred as the voice in the shadows, as Rocco had in his game. But he had a program called Wells mercury theater that had been on cbs radio for 17 weeks it was such a small show it didn't even have a sponsor i.e advertiser right okay it was such a low budget program and what they did was they did adaptations of literary classics Okay, <laughs> hear me snore. Yeah, so that's why they had a small, right. because they did radio things of literary, and this was the 17th one, but he, Orson Welles, came up with this idea to adapt this H.G. Wells' War of the World sci-fi story as this literary, as the adaptation for the 17th week. And because he worked on so many other radio things, mm-hmm. they came together with the script. It was... Saturday night, October 30th, they were like running and doing programming changes and scripts and fixing the noise up until the last minute. And what Orson Welles decided, because it ran for such a long time without having to go to a commercial break, they would make it sound really realistic with news bulletins which people were used to breaking in on the radio. Because the war was going on with Europe and, Europe and there was, was the happening. Great Depression and blah, blah, blah. And blah. it was for the first time everybody was connected by this wireless miracle thing called radio. So John Houseman is like, no, dude, we should not be doing fake news bulletins. But... That's what he decided to do. So if you missed the beginning of the program, it sounded serious. Right. I can play another clip. This kind of is one okay. of his bulletins. 
We take you now to Grover's Mill, New Jersey. And I think some of these pauses kind of made it seem more realistic. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Carl Phillips again, out at the Wilmot Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Hectic. Professor Pearson and myself made the 11 miles from Princeton in 10 minutes. Well, I hardly know where to begin. To paint for you a word picture of a strange scene before my eyes, like something out of a modern Arabian night. Okay, well, so I, that's... that's... Because it was this breaking news, it like they weren't meaning to trick anything. Orson Welles was just really committed to this whole thing, and they had no idea the pandemonium it was causing. And it really wasn't that much pandemonium. It was the case of the media kind of overblowing it, but it was blowing up CBS. At the call center, you know, right there, wherever they broadcast it from, they were getting phone calls. And about 30 minutes into the um, thing, they cut away to commercial, to the commercial break. And um, cops were there, CBS page boys and CBS executives who were trying to keep the cops from coming into the radio room where they were doing the broadcast from because they were busy trying to say, no, you know, everyone knows what's going on, the suits and the pay. So it was like, it was mayhem. Right. And they snuck the Orson Welles, the cast. They finished the broadcast. They wanted them to stop it, but they finished it. They snuck them all out the back door. Orson Welles has no idea, you know, he really can't quite believe, you know, that this is going on. But it was just bedlam. The phones were ringing. What mm-hmm. the hell? Because different police departments and stuff all over the country were listening to this. And I think we saw this in our documentary. There was the big popular show that people listened to was Edgar McCarthy and the dummy, Candace Bergen. Yes, 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 yes. That there was a commercial break because they had a lot of commercials. They had a lot of advertisers switched over to this little known thing. And then maybe they heard a Martian, an explosion. And all of a sudden, and they believed it because there were all these news bulletins and they kept breaking in. So Orson Welles, basically, he becomes... The next day, he goes in front of uh, the press. He acts contrite. He said, no, he didn't plan it. Blah, blah, blah. But he is secretly pleased. He's known all around the world over the years, gave various answers about whether he meant to do it or not. Sure. But basically, it, it shot him. He got a movie deal and yep. he it was, started making yep. Citizen Kane within a year got of it. that. And, um, you know, people, but there were, I mean, it just sort of, that was a viral story if you will for 1938 because it just spread because every newspaper in every town could call their local police department there might have been one or two people who actually listened sure and called right and so that's how it sort of became it spread and it was just a fluke they don't even think cbs later sued they wanted to be considered part owners of this in 1960 and they they basically, you know, um, it kind of made people all of a sudden knew who CBS radio was. And, you know, it gave the whole country something to talk about. But really not that many people listened to this program because not that many people in 1938 wanted to hear, you know, um, 
Vintage. Um, Tess of Darbonville oh, or whatever. God. Tess of the Darbonvilles. <laughs> oh, I hated that movie. You know, or Pilgrim's Progress is being acted yes. out on, as a radio drama. It really was this small little audience of a show but it was because Orson Welles did so many things right but he just I'm kind of, of I'm 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 excited I'm you guys if you haven't bought tickets you know just to watch us and mm-hmm. hear it it's so cool I think it's gonna be so Orson cool. Welles was so clueless that night he went to a rehearsal for a play called Danton's Death a theater production <laughs> he was involved with mm-hmm. and people in the theater when they left to go get a late dinner they came out at the corner I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McClain we have a podcast called Blinded by the Item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner. LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Of Broadway and 42nd Street, and there was a big uh, bulletin that circled. The New York Times building that would read that latest headline, mm-hmm. Orson Welles causes panic. Wow. So when he went to bed that night, he didn't know if his career was screwed or right. not, but he kind of quickly realized. I'm going to so be he, okay. Well, he I'm acted a big contrite, deal. Yeah, but he, he, yeah. but he changed his story in interviews over, over the years, and he was always known as the man from Mars. And, right. you know, Citizen Kane then. All right. Bravo. Anyway, that all was right, good. There we go. That was good. Thank you. All right. Listen, we'll be right back. I mean, Rocco, you are That's giving me. us some music here. An Elvis song I don't recall ever hearing you know, before, I'm but a, I love it. I'm a big Elvis fan, too, and I didn't really know this song. But the reason we're playing it, it's called You Asked Me To. It's from oh. 1973, and it was written by someone we lost uh, yesterday, Billy Joe Shaver. I mean, listen to that name. He's considered a pioneer of the outlaw country movie movement he's dead at the age of 81 willie nelson once called him the greatest living songwriter that's really really people know him for his songs he died of a stroke and he became a name in country music in 73 with a debut album called old five and dimers like me now a classic of the outlaw country genre that uh, emerged in response to the commercialization of country, you know, in the early yes. 70s. Uh, Chris Christopherson recorded his song, Good Christian Soldier, but so many people did his songs. Patty Loveless, Johnny Paycheck, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, um, The Highwaymen recorded him, but listen to his personal life. Oh, okay. Boy. So he was inducted in the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame in 2006, wrote a memoir in 2005 called The Honky Tonk Hero, had a cameo in the 1998 Robert Duvall film, The Apostle. That was a pretty good movie. And was the subject of a 2004 uh, documentary called The Portrait of Billy Joel and recorded 17 albums, most recently 2014's Long in the Tooth. 
Oh, and oh, his <laughs> someone called us that once, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone. Um, Billy Joe, uh, he had quite a life. He dropped out of high school, married, and divorced one woman three times. Sounds like Matthew McConaughey's parents. Okay, another woman he married and divorced twice. Wow, he had a heart attack on stage, shot a man in the face outside of a bar. Wow, was self-defense, and he was acquitted, and he lost three chunks. Of three, he lost chunks of three fingers in a sawmill accident and lost his son to a heroin overdose. So, I mean, that is a rock, rough and tumble. That's an outlaw country. That's an outlaw country, Billy Joe Shaver. So, anyway, uh, thanks, Rocco, for finding that song for us. I knew you'd like the Elvis. And then, of course, I have him on my Billy Goat, Joe McAllister, ran off the yeah, that's uh, Bobby Gentry. Did you right. say Billy Goat? Yeah, whatever. yes, she did. I said Billy Joe. I, you know, I'm. I. It's all right. Here's the problem with me. We had to be to work at nine thirty no, this morning, Rocco. That I wasn't it. I didn't sleep last night. I just got. I just. I didn't sleep, and I am devastated <sighs> at our fundraising efforts. Are you? Because it pains me. That, but it is what it is, and I want to thank everybody who has. I donated. wish you would continue with your therapy and tell no. us all the ways that it all hurts right. your heart. All right. Well, I don't <laughs> like to lose. Um, Sweet, it's not. I know, losing. but we really we if the the thing I don't want to go is we have a fifteen hundred dollar matching effort. So we need to at least get to that because then yes. we get the money. So right. it's just kind of like free money. Right. The sitting here that we want. So right. pe- whatever you, people donate, if you donate 25, it goes to 50. Yeah, 50 yeah. goes 100. And if you write a dedication and tonight I after hours. our donations come in after we're off right. the air. And I, I know. noticed that. I do too. And yeah. re- write a dedication to someone and we'll read it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, what was it? Who moved you? Or what's your favorite concert? Or what? What do you I miss? Hope, I I kind of hope um, Ross donates some money to Jeff, who's a dedicated band teacher, helping you know all those future people who are going to play in symphonies and orchestras and yes, work on movie sets. Ross and, and Jeff. Ross making a donation, a Hi. dedication to Jeff. Okay, I they're do my too. workout buddies. Well, I'm just wondering because Lori Carl. is saying uh, their name like five times. You know who, who you, you are. are. Well, those guys, they came and saw us at Mystic Lake. Yeah, they did. They came and saw us when we did our... Mystic Lake? No, our the, play. Uh, our play. Mm-hmm. And they saw us do the rock and roll. They said well, it. And they loved the restaurant. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I would like to make that a dedication to my Woodbury mommies, Yeah, um, who you always talk about. You know, yeah. it'd be nice. They would come. And people aren't buying the expensive ticket like they would usually to see us perform live. It's right. only $10. They might not be buying a ticket uh, right. for... And we know it's a tough time for it everybody. Is. We is. get it. It's just it's just hard for me to fail. Tuya, <laughs> what, is, what is this me? Us. All right. Okay. All right. Because you don't, you're, yes, it's right? us. It's us. Rocco, we're in this together, right? I, yes. All I mean, right. I feel like if I, have, have you guys won this before? Um, well, no. we did really well last we year. We did with really, the art. we did really did, well. Because we, we, really well. we had kids that we had art buddies. Yeah. Oh, we right. had the, we had the heartstring charity right. okay. last year. And thank you, Kristen, for your donation and Michelle for your donation. Um, we appreciate it. Every little bit counts. Do you I feel know. better? You got that? I do. Chest. Okay, I do. Good. All right. Listen. I do. And if you didn't watch This Is Us yet, oh gosh, people, go and watch it.
And if you're in need of lifting your spirits and going to Paris, we again recommend watching Emily in Paris. And Julie and the Phantoms. You and know, Julie and the Phantoms I don't know is if anyone's watching show. that. I don't see it trending anymore. Well, but because that one people binged. That's that's like Emily in Paris. It's She's 10 cover. episodes of Vogue Paris or Vogue France. Right. So you can see that on the Lori and Julia show page. Also, you she, know. She, by the way, I just have to say, Emma? she does, they do ask her, they do ask her about, and I'm sure it was planned, you know, Emily in Paris. They did ask her because it is Vogue, you know, French right, Vogue. Right. About the, um, you know, out how she felt, and this is their quote, outdated stereotypes of French people. But the thing that the French people just should have a better sense of humor about it, like the Italians do in many other countries, is that sometimes it is the outdated stereotype of the French person. It is not meant as a way like that. But you don't realize that you are that way. Just like the kind of the uh, the stereotype of Minnesota uh, of an American, right? Or, you know, tourist or, or and... whatever. Anyway, they're they're so sensitive, yeah, about it. And I don't know if it's they're sensitive because of the lockdown, you know, and all of that. But I mean, anybody who's ever traveled to, particularly if you've traveled the first time you go to Paris. You will burst out laughing at all the wonderful stereotypical things that happen to you, as well as the first time you get yelled at by a French person. Absolutely. For not speaking French. French. It's hysterical. It really is. It's so funny because they're yelling at you and you have no idea. You're just like, can I please have, can I please have pun? Un du pun. Here's Once my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's done that. I did that. My girlfriend that we ordered steak tartare, oh. and the and this happened to her. Came out and we're like, oh no, we ordered the steak, you know. <laughs> and they're like, Madame, this is and look yes. at you, and so mad at us and yelled at us. And- I ordered oh, yeah. bone marrow about thirty years ago, and I thought, what is this crap? Everyone else had palm frits and a steak, and I had bone anyway, marrow. It made her feel bad because yeah. that wasn't the spirit of the show yeah, so she gave a good answer alright good everyone you. have a great night thanks for hanging out with us we'll be back tomorrow thank you Rocco job done off you go this holiday whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2 Baker's has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last Baker's fresh for everyone Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.